On today's show, we're going to continue our core strategy series. This week, we're going to start talking about maintenance agreements and why it's important for your company. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Now, before we get started with today's content, I want to throw out a special offer to all of you non-EGIA members. Click the Join button at the top right, then select the Plus Membership. We'll give you access to the full courses so you can start to take your business to the next level. You know, one of the core strategies of all the successful companies is building a sound maintenance agreement program. I look around the country at some of our best clients, and one of the things I notice, they all have strong maintenance agreements programs. In fact, I know of at least three or four companies that have upwards of 20,000 maintenance agreements. Now, stop and think about that for a second, right? 20,000 maintenance agreements, that's 40,000 visits. So it's one winter and one in the summer. But think about this. Uh, for a company that charges maybe $15 or, or $20 a month, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars a month that are coming in the first of every month, and you got 40,000 service calls to run. Think of the opportunities that you're going to have in running those 40,000 opportunities. One company I know, in fact, who also does plumbing, includes a free annual plumbing inspection in the service agreement. Uh, that's three times a year we're in the house. Think about the opportunities that we're going to have to find and solve problems for the homeowners. So this maintenance agreement program is critical to a strong foundation on which you can build a really profitable company. Now, I want to turn to Gary Ellix once again as he discusses some of the most important components of building a strong maintenance agreement program. Now, we can call those service agreements, club agreements, lots of different names out there inside of the industry. But at the end of the day, what we're looking for is getting a customer relationship established bringing a client into your company, putting them on a prepaid or a monthly debit system, whatever method you want to use, and getting them into your marketing funnel. Without having the client relationship, we don't have access to our shoulder season promotions. We don't have access to the opportunity to communicate with them. Now, we all have, have seen the discussion, uh, hopefully you've seen the discussion on the earlier videos, that an existing client relationship builds trust, and part of that relationship of trust means that a client will spend 67% more money than they would as a new marketed lead or a brand new relationship where I don't know your company, I haven't had an experience with you, uh, good or bad for that matter, and I just don't really know what to expect. So my, my guard is up, my emotional uh, guard is up, the whole idea of the economic platform is uh, I, I don't trust necessarily what's going on. So the process of bringing a club agreement into the company is a marketing weapon. So we need to understand as service technicians, as service professionals, that our primary responsibility is to be able to help the owner and the service department and ourselves and the client build a trusting relationship through the maintenance program. And regular maintenance is something that we have to plan for, we have to organize around. So this presentation is about the communication, uh, how we're going to market and sell that process. Uh, there'll be some ideas in here that you may ne not necessarily have as a company or you may not want to necessarily put in place as a company. That, that doesn't matter. Our focus today is about the idea of getting maintenance sold, communicating the value, talking about the features, turning that into a benefit platform, and ultimately having a system in the company. So the key is we need 1,000 maintenance agreements per million. We're looking for 1500 per million. That's the residential change-out revenue, the maintenance revenue, the service revenue as a million dollars. So if we have a million dollars in that bucket with all three of those segments, we would like no less than 1,000 club agreement customers and about 50% of our customer base on maintenance. 
that just gives us incredible leverage to keep our men working, to keep people fluid, uh, keep payroll moving, and also just the opportunities to transact and sell and just build those long-term relationships. So I can't stress enough how important it is for you as a service professional to understand the nature of the why. So I've just described for you the why. The how is what we're going to talk about on this video. We're going to talk through the principles of why a customer might be interested in that, how you may want to communicate some of those ideas. Um, each person's style will be unique and different, and that's acceptable. I mean, we love that. But what we need to do is we need to have some process points. We've got to check some boxes. So if your company has two maintenance agreement visits inside of its club, um, that's fine. Ours has three, so our conversation with our men would be a little bit different. Uh, so we just want to walk through the dialogue. We want to walk through the practice ideas. We have to role play. We have to understand and internalize, and we have to understand the principles. So I'm going to take you to the whiteboard. I'm going to roll through some of the ideas for how to communicate the value, some of the basics that you guys might want to incorporate inside of your service meetings as you do your training. Certainly, you can take this video, break it down, and stop it and talk about that subject matter and say, all right, Gary's talking about you know, a lifetime repair guarantee. What does that mean? Do we, we have that. How do we communicate that? Or no overtime. Or the idea that you're paying the lowest price for the repair no matter what. Whatever the moment is, you can stop that, have a discussion, and then work on that particular skill set on a day-to-day -day basis. And then over, over time, what we have is we have an internalization process. So then we'll come back into the learning library. And I'm going to show you some of the collateral materials that we use and that you could incorporate from not only the site, but basically as a company. You ought to be able to look at the idea and say, I'm going to take that idea and I'm going to you know, frame it, put it in my company context, put it inside of the service uh, platform. And with it, as a technician, I've got to learn how to use that tool. So it's no different than a set of gauges or a manometer or you know, basically just uh, sort of looking at the idea of what tool you're using. Uh, your brain is a tool. Your, your communication process is a tool. We've learned that communication is not just words. You know, 7% are the words, 38% voice intonation, voice inflection. 55% are going to be body language, confidence, whether you believe me or not. Those types of things translate to homeowners. So your communication pattern is a tool. Your collateral materials become a tool. And then the idea of being able to talk through the actual economics, the physicality, and the emotional side is also a form of a tool. So we need to understand all those basics. That's relatively easy to do over time. It's something that if you haven't got that in your business, we need to start that process. So we'll come back into the lab. We'll look at some of those tools. And then uh, the basic idea here is you need to just make sure that your technicians are comfortable with the presentation side of this discussion. Let's go into the whiteboard area, and we'll talk about some of these ideas. So we may all understand the importance of having a strong service agreement program, but at the end of the day, it's up to the technician to close that deal, right? They got to finish that transaction. And the reality is to get good at that, they have to understand the homeowner's perspective. So let's turn once again to our resident expert, Mr. Gary Ellis, and talk about what are the characteristics, what's got to be going on with a homeowner, and how do we learn what's going on with a homeowner so we can be successful in selling a maintenance agreement? All right, so we're back at the whiteboard lab, and so I've got some notes on the board, so let's go through them one at a time. So on my left-hand side, it's critical that you as a service professional, you as a, as a, I'm just going to call you a professional technician, you must understand that there are three basic processes that the mind goes through, that a consumer goes through, 
to make any decision as it relates to buying anything. Doesn't matter what it is. In this case, we are out on a crisis call. You've been called out because the customer has a failure. Contactor, condenser fan motor, reversing valve, igniter, uh, high limit switch, doesn't matter what it is. Pressure switch, motors, depends on where you are in the geographic zones. Also hydronics, got lots of folks up on the east coast all the way down through some of the areas of DC. Lots of hydronics, lots of boilers. So the consumer has a problem. They are not in a good emotional state. They're not happy. So it's very important that we understand that we're dealing with the three areas. So the first area is the economics. I just experienced a, a failure. My air conditioning doesn't work or my boiler doesn't work. And so now I've got a problem. So what I'm overwhelmingly thinking is how much is this going to cost me? So that's primary issue number one. Secondary issue. This puts me in a negative emotional state. I'm not happy about this. I didn't get up this morning and go, oh boy, I get to have you know, a condenser fan motor fail and I can't wait to spend $650. I mean, we all can appreciate the idea that those types of things happen, but it's still a negative emotional event. So we have to recognize that we're basically transacting something later. We know we're coming in with the idea that we'd like to get them to buy a club agreement, so, but I'm in no position to be able to force that issue. So I mean, think about that. Basically, I'm spending a lot of money right now. I'm not in a good position economic-wise and emotional-wise. And so we have to think through how we're going to work through the customer relationship, get the customer appeased, make me feel very good about the whole relationship, and then we can talk about how we're going to transact the discussions. The fourth, or excuse me, the third area there then is the physicality of it. We have to be able to actually fix the, uh, the equipment. So the assumption here is that we as a group have gone through the inventory module, we've gone through material handling, we've gone to some of the ideas, and so we have the part on the truck. If it's a condenser fan motor, a contactor, capacitor, wiring harness, fuses, relays, whatever, we're going to have most of that stuff on our stock. Uh, so as a standardized truck stock, you'll probably, but well, let's just make the assumption for this discussion, we have the ability to affect the repair. So these three areas are critical that you as a technician are aware of that condition. So you can't just push your way into a sales process. You can, it's probably not gonna necessarily go well for you. And then you layer on the idea of a social style. So again, I hope that you have gone through some of the videos on social styles because the social styles of the client are going to determine how well or poorly your relationship goes on the emotional side. Are you going to connect well? Do you have the ability to make the customer feel good about you individually as a person because your style is good as it relates to their style? Doesn't, there is no good or bad styles. It's just you have a style, they have a style. How are they actually connecting together? So these three areas are, are phase one. We have to train as technicians to understand that. So if I asked you, hey, what are the three you know, main issues relative to a consumer making a purchase decision. You need to be able to say, economics, that's my first thought. The emotion, I'm kind of unhappy about all this. It's really not, it's inconvenient for me. And in fact, I may be antagonized and stressed about it. Plenty of customers are out there that are whack jobs. And then the third area is that they're just worried about whether or not you're going to be able to fix it. Or, you know, do I have to buy a new system? I mean, all kinds of thoughts are running through their minds. So that's where we get into the perfect service call process and hopefully you spend some time with that video and understand that there is a process that we walk through to break this down. That leads us in the perfect service call process to the idea which is about step 8, 9, and 10 
okay, which is now bringing us to phase two of the service agreement. How do I communicate the service agreement? How do I communicate the idea that the club is actually a really smart business choice for me as a consumer because this is business. We're talking about giving you money. I'm transacting retail. So the question over here becomes, how do I get my technicians, how do I get as professionals, men like you, in a position to understand the best approach to not only be able to do this, but also be able to transact, meaning that if we communicate and we don't transact, that's not a win for us as a company. So we want, remember, basically 50% of our customer base that's active should be on a prepaid form of a club agreement of some type. Uh, so that could be one year, two years, three years, whatever your company does. So I'm going to suggest that there are three basic principles at work here that you, as a service professional, need to understand. The first one is mindset. The second one is your attitude. The third one is understanding your products. So spend some time with Wally's mindset training. All right. Um, you know, if you go back to Napoleon Hill, or you bring it into modern day Tony Robbins, or you bring it into the current condition of are you in a great frame of mind as you're relating to the client? They're going to pick that up. If you're in a great place and you're feeling good about the work and the relationship and what you're doing with the client experience, that mindset translates to the client. If you're moping or you're having a bad day or you've got girlfriend problems or issues are out there, that's also going to affect and the way the translation. So, we had a, one of our service professionals, and uh, the guy's absolutely a top-notch A, number one draft pick player for us today. He's literally one of our very best service technicians across the board on all metrics. However, about seven years ago, we started implementing the tracking systems, daily reporting, daily training, et cetera, and he was doing pretty well. He's a young guy, he's doing great, absorbing the training, and then all of a sudden, for about a, a period of about a week, he couldn't do anything right. He couldn't sell. Um, he was losing service agreement opportunities. Uh, we were putting him out on over 10 opportunities equipment for lead turnovers. Uh, so, you know, because we felt very strongly about how good he did his work, he was in that position. So we had him ranked as a meritocracy as our number one go-to guy to be able to create the lead turnover. And uh, he was basically over. I mean, he couldn't do anything. So we just checked in with him and um, He's like, yeah, I mean, I'm really having a lot of problems at home. I'm having girlfriend problems. My girlfriend wants to leave me. You know, we've been together for a few years. Uh, we talked about marriage. Now we're not, we're not getting along, and she wants to break up. And this dude was fried. Like, his brain was fried. His mindset and his attitude was mush. It was like a bowl of oatmeal. Now, we just pulled him off, and we just set him aside and said, listen, you're a a valuable team member for us and so you need to get your mind right you need to get your head right this needs to be worked through so you have a job here we respect you we respect what's going on in your world let us put you into maintenance for about a month you don't have to worry about Jack I'm gonna pay you the same way I paid you as a service technician we got your back get your mind right so we put him over into maintenance for 30 days he spent some time we chatted with him on a day-to-day -day basis, just made sure we connected with him as a human being, got him back in a position. He ended up getting out and through that, and his mindset and his attitude came right back to where it was, and he's our best guy today. Like, I, I wouldn't trade him for anybody. So 
He always had the mindset and the talent, but he went through a rough patch. That can happen to anybody. So I encourage you to constantly have a process in your mind about how you're checking each one of your calls that you run. Each customer that you deal with is a personal experience between you and that client. They don't know what's going on in your personal life. They don't know what's going on in your business life. They don't really understand any of that, and nor should they. But your process that you use to make sure that you get your game on, um, you understand that that's it, like an inning of a baseball game. So for you, you need to get mindset, attitude, and an understanding of your products. As always, fantastic content from Mr. Gary Ellis. And next week, I want you to make sure and tune in because he's going to be talking about, you know, kind of the benefits that really help a homeowner understand the value of one of these maintenance agreements. You know, we're super excited here at Contract University about our new podcast series, Unfiltered. It's me and Gary and Drew sitting around, sipping whiskey, smoking cigars, and riffing on the contracting business. I want to share with you a quick clip from this week's Unfiltered. And really, we're going to focus on the topic to what do your employees really want? The thing that the employees want the most is actually your time. They want your time and attention and your coaching to give them yeah. insights into how they can become better. That's the, that's the number one thing that employees want. Time. Your time. Yeah. It's not a money thing. Sometimes just taking them out to lunch. Sometimes just a note of appreciation, acknowledgement that, hey, I, I heard or I saw, I'm aware. Right. You know, and you matter. And the work that you do matters, and and your family matters, and sometimes even just a note, you know, to, to the significant other at home. Hey, I mean, we're all coming through a summer, a summer season right now. In some areas of the country, it was blistering hot, right? And these these guys were tapped out. Right. How about some notes home of appreciation, movie tickets, you know, coupons for the ice cream shop or something like that? To say, you know, please go out and have dinner, you know, on us, and you know, just want to you know say thank you for the time that you allowed your significant other to sacrifice to be with us and take care of the families that we serve. And, uh, and, and please, you know, don't think that it for a minute does not go unacknowledged or appreciated. That, that stuff feels so good. We talked about it earlier today. People just want to be understood and appreciated. And like you guys, I travel a lot. In the last three or four or five years, about 200,000 miles a year. And uh, I was on a trip recently and I opened my suitcase and there was an envelope there, a little note from my wife. And just said, I just appreciate the hard work that you do. You know, I mean, that like meant the world to me. Just like, you know, big badass tough guys, right? We just want a little appreciation too. Just a little being noticed. It's, it's amazing how far that stuff can go. It is amazing. Yeah. As always, thank you for watching us here on Cracking the Code. We'll see you next week. Until then, bye-bye for now.